Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. My name is Matt Southbeam and this evening I'm joined by our rugby writers Andy Howell and Simon Thomas uh, after watching Wales fall 29-21 to Australia at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff. Um, Good evening, chaps. Good evening. Lovely to see you in the hot seat. You've come to the table for the oh, big match, I see. I'm After back. Ben's been doing such a fine job in your I know. I thought I'd better come back and start taking control of things again yes. before I get a, a permanently switched out. Um, let's get down to business then. Uh, tough one to assess, and in my opinion, because the journey was slightly different, yet we've arrived at the exact same destination with Wales and Australia once again. Yeah, but this was much better than last uh, last year, Matt. We were absolutely thrashed. 32-8, Wales were really competitive in this match. And when you look at the stats, uh, possession, territory, metres made and all, Wales actually had more than him and Australia did more with the ball, perhaps. But, crucially, those big passes, final passes, when they would seem to be on a point of getting away to score drive, which let them down. Mm. Their handling let them down. But... Um, I thought it was quite an encouraging performance from a, a new look team, and you know Wales without some big names there. Reece mm-hmm. Webber so often the captain of the cap uh, for the attack. Sam Warburton, Justin Tipperidge, Ross Moriarty, George North. So you know I I was predicted before and Wales would get stuffed. Mm. So uh, I think most people did, to be fair. So uh, you know I thought Wales did really well in that match. Yeah. Well, I predicted nine point win for Australia, so I think I did quite well Not actually bad. when we sat down here yeah, and you went to think for thirty <laughs> points to Australia. Anyway, listen. You've had your say. You've had your say. Right, it was a nine point, but the truth of that is that game we just watched, Wales could have won that. They really could have won it, and it wouldn't have been a total travesty if they had by any means. You know, look, first off, they weren't great. And it was very much one-way traffic in terms of possession and territory. The tackle counts in the first half was 90-30. 90 tackles Wales made mm. against Australia, 30. That showed the difference. But in fairness, the, the things that had been lacking and poor in the first half, they addressed at halftime. The exit strategies had been poor, cost them heavily. They hadn't been able to develop any phase play or get their ball carriers onto the ball in the first half. In the second half, they were very different. You started to see the forwards taking the ball up. You started to see them going through phases and recycling play. And this time, it's a threat. And there was a period there where Australia were creaking. Mm. You know, Wales got back, I think it was 22-16 at one point. We got it down 17 to, minutes remaining. And then there was absolute pivotal moment with the Curtly Beale try. Um, we'll probably talk about it a bit more in terms of the controversy yeah. of it. But that was, a, that was a pivotal thing. There were lots of positives. There were negatives in the first half. There were positives in the second half. Collectively and individually, I think probably overall, you know, Australia did deserve it for the way they, they played in that first half and got a big cushion. But as I say, Wales could have won it. Mm. I, I disagree with that. They could have won it. I, I don't they think could Wales have won ever it. looked like winning that game. I think there was that period just before Beale's try where the crowd was behind yeah. them. They were starting to play. They were, they were, in fairness, and dominated that third quarter. Yeah, but the problem with Wales is in this match and is in so many other matches, as you already alluded to, every time Wales score, they'd have conceded at the other end because their exits are not good enough. Mm. So my feeling always was, if Wales scored, maybe just sneaked in the lead or whatever, we go back down the other end, Australia would end up getting the ball and they'd score some points. I think you're absolutely right in saying that when Australia got into the kill zone, into the 22, that third try at the end of the first hour was a classic try. You just always felt they were going to score and they ultimately did yeah. with Michael Hooper. The difference, I suppose, when you look at the game overall, there was a quite a concerted period in that second half, particularly when Hooper was in the bin. That 10-minute period, Wales were encamped on the Australian line. 
a series of scrimmages going forward. Wales well, should you, have made more of those. You just the thing is, and if, if the rules have been reversed and Australia have been in the Welsh twenty-two against fourteen Welshmen, they just got to try. And I suppose they just got two. Or three, yeah. That's the difference, and that's the thing clearly that needs to be addressed. But I guess we are we have been saying for a couple of weeks now that it's an, as a new approach and process going there, to take There was an instance time. of one of those scrums where Gareth Davis had a go himself. And uh, all he had to do was pass the ball because there were people, you know, unmarked out wide, basically. Yeah, he ran a, into, a, ran into two of, defenders. There was a bit of white line for you doing that fight. Yeah, yeah. which took us back to Twickenham in the World Cup against Australia. Yeah, and they were down to 13, 13 men. Yeah, and Bigger was losing his rag in that period because the ball wasn't coming when it should have. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about that Beagle incident then, that try. Uh, I got the impression in the stadium at the time that they were looking at the wrong thing. Uh, I thought there was a potential knock-on. I, I didn't think it was a high shot, but we, I thought there was a knock-on. We were sat next to you, Jim, and, and, and I think, in fairness, I mean, I didn't particularly notice what we're going to talk about in the moment, which is the, the potential knock-on. I thought they were look, I think they were. They were looking for the high shot. I think Kuradrani came yeah. in, yes, question question whether it had been no arms or a shoulder or a high hit. If you looked at it again, and when they did look at it, Steph had just decked down the arm right over here, so there was nothing wrong with that. But I've what seen we, those given, mind. Uh, they, that, was, that wasn't an offence. But when we saw it back after the game, and you played the film on a couple of frames more, you saw as Beale stripped the ball off uh, Steph Evans, he then goes to ground, and it does seem... For maybe it's a split second, he loses control of the ball, goes forward and hits the deck. But was his arm still around the ball? Well, this is the thing. But the point is, the point is they didn't look at that in the TMO because they were checking on that. They seemed to be checking just on the high hit. Now, if they had looked at that, I don't know, it's probably, I'd say 60-40 try being disallowed. Yeah, well, Do you think so? I, I thought think... they'd look for a knock-on as well. The thing was... Well, it was a knock-on. No, I thought they had looked as well. Oh, I see. You feel they did look at that moment. Yeah, and the TMO said he still... It didn't seem to play on the big screen that far. They did on the uh, other coverage. What I would say Mm. is that Beale immediately tried to drop goal. Oh, he did because he... Straight away. And I think, in his mind, you wouldn't do that thinking, has Kuradrani just hit Steph Evans' side? He's done that because he thinks he's knocked the ball on. Well, he has, hasn't he? (laughs) That's the thing. He's lost control of the ball forward. Well, that's... And after the match, Warren Gatland didn't seem annoyed, but perhaps agitated slightly that they took an age to decide on Halame Moss's try and they were perhaps slightly quick on deciding on that try but oh, they we... looked there for a fair while no, fair enough. I mean we could slice and dice this as much as we want was, you know. but Wales have now lost 13 straight to Australia it came up in the press conference is there a mental block? Well, they said no, didn't they? Alan Wynne and Gatland were very clear, no, there yeah, isn't. But, but, yeah, but I disagree. Because <laughs> if you ask Mike Phillips, is there a mental block when he played against New Zealand and all, but he says yes. There was a mental block when he played. Some of the boys didn't believe they could beat those teams and it used to really annoy him. Yeah, there is a mental block. Mind you, 12 of those defeats have been by fewer than 10 points, mm, yeah. which is remarkable, really. The Wales have turned... Some of those now defeats in, in, in the victories. Over a decade. You know, Gatlin saying, now we fancy our chances against Australia at the World Cup. But of course, Wales might get better, but mm. Australia are going to get better as well. Yeah. Over so, a decade. You know, it's a bit of a phony water. Over day, a really. decade, there's not been much between the two teams except they keep winning. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, that's, that's all that matters, isn't it? It is indeed. All right, then back to today's game. And today, these oh. outscored us four tries to two. Yeah, good point. With similar possessions as well. Yeah, but they didn't have to work so hard for their tries as we did to build attacks. All right, back to today's game then. Uh, standout performers, anyone? I mean, to me, there was a lot of middle-of-the-road performances today, and I think Alan Wynne-Jones is, is one that jumps out with me. I thought he had a cracking game. He was at every, every breakdown, yeah. carried well. well. Do, and what's so pleasing about Alan Wynne-Jones the last 18 months is always developed his game. 
yeah. his passing game. I tell you what, so much better. But the best passer, and the best ball handler in the Wales team is Rob Evans, <laughs> prop forward by a mile. Which he is for the Scarlets. I thought his offloads and his passing was superb. Yeah, and on that Alan Wynne Jones, I, I watched him in the warm up with uh, I think it was Neil Jenkins passing the ball, and and that is that, that jumped out at me as well. How how much, how much his handling has improved, and he must have worked on it because he's passing the ball in the warm up anyway. In, you know, like one of the backs would. So. I think he deserves credit for that. Absolutely. Um, we move on to Owen Williams. I, uh, all eyes were on him before the game. This this man was supposed to be, in a way, whether he wants it or not, has become a symbol of this new attacking style that they're trying to develop. Um, thought he had a good game. Well, when you consider all the spotlight on him, the yeah. focus on him, the pressure on him, he's been the most talked about player. And this is a man who's had nine minutes of international rugby going into this game today. Yeah. I thought he did very, very well. I mean, um, I think we've seen before, watched him at Leicester and Lessig and also at Gloucester and even in his days at the Scarlets, we've all known about his distribution skills and his you know, creativity and you saw his passing range today. Yeah. But the concern for me, I think, you know, being looking at the size of the Australian um, centres, Kuradjani and Karevi, how he would stand up defensively yeah. and you have to say, he really did. Yeah. He really did. He's he, he, every head on hit. He, you know, there's no ground being made off him. He timed his tackles well. And he was positionally good, uh, and he just made really good decisions. I mean, you know, and you could see very early on what they were looking to get ball in his hands. Wales, as I say, in the first half, it didn't click generally, but in that second half, when they started to perform better, he just gives another dimension. Mm. It's the kind of thing we've been talking about for a couple of years now. Are Wales going to move forward? And it is the way world rugby is going, more and more towards like more and one decision maker, whether it be a fullback going with a ten or an inside centre. And it's certainly there's a different approach. And he, we wondered whether he could be the man to, to play the role that is clearly one of the most important in world rugby. Mm. And you don't want to get too carried away, but on that performance, very encouraging. And I'd like to see him persevered with. You got a, with tactically, mind you, got a bit of a uh, you got a mixture tactics because I thought in the first half Wales tried to throw the ball around too much. Yeah. When Australia it was clear that they knew what game plan Wales were coming with, expected they just fanned across the field. And Wales should have in the first half should have done some uh, pick and goes from yeah. rucks, and uh, so Australia would have had to commit more to those uh, to the rucks. Yeah, it was interesting hearing Chekai talk about the ten twelve. He was very complimentary, and what he was talking about was the nine ten twelve. Obviously, Gareth Davis different kind of player, but it offers a kind of a threat as a running attack around fringes. And he said, with that kind of nine ten twelve, where they're all attacking, you know, or bringing a creativity or an attacking thrust, it does make it that much more difficult having multiple focuses to look at defensively. I mean, interestingly as well, he was the man who took the ball out the back of Jake Ball uh, for Steph Evans's try. So in effect, he was playing first receiver in that in that as the fly half would play normally in that role. Mm. And I think you know, in years gone by, it's not a role we would have seen someone like Jamie Roberts in. No. And, and he was in that. It was an odd one. If you looked at that try after Gareth Davis's break, because obviously he's on the deck then. Yeah. Thalatau goes to nine. Yeah. He passes to the outside half by the name of Jake Ball, <laughs> who gives it to the inside centre, who's Owen Williams. And then I think it then goes to uh, bigger and then, and then, hands to Davis. Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Liam Williams, half penny, and a good finish from Steph Evans. Yeah. You know, it's it's different, isn't it? At the end it of the day, different. we did we talked about this before. I remember twenty sixteen out in New Zealand, you started to see Wales playing that kind of wider game, but it was always difficult to really play that when you you still don't have a twelve whose range of passing is like Owen Williams is. I mean, yeah. God, Jimmy Roberts has been a fantastic servant for Wales, all he's done. But I think you could see now that Wales have decided. 
you know, not just in terms of the age and in terms of the tactics, to look for a different approach. And you know, the key man, the key man, though, in this game plan going forward is going to be Justin Timbridge. Yeah. Playing in the wide channels, the father tells in the wide channels they should be the other key man. But I thought it's handling them down today. Didn't have his uh, one of his. Uh, he's missed the consistency, but I thought he was slightly off it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tipbridge, as uh, he's shown in the past, when he hammered England in 2013, winner Six Nations. Him in the wide channel, it was a creator for Wales because he's got such a good rugby brain, plenty of pace, and what he does, which some of the Welsh boys don't do, is he fixes defenders before passing because that try of Steph Evans is the day that uh, Jonathan Davis Liam Williams and Halfpenny none of those three fixed defenders if they had fixed defenders they would have been walking for Steph Evans in the end he had to work really hard for that score yeah. um, so I think Tipperich I would love to see Tipperich today with some of those movements yeah. and creativity uh, he might pose someone away what's uh, anyone know what the what we're looking at with Tipperick in terms uh, of Gatlin said in the week that he was hopeful that both Tipperick and Reese Webb would be available for Georgia, but Samson Lee unlikely. So that's the kind of prognosis. Okay. And obviously, the other thing we've got now is the Jonathan Davis injury situation that's obviously been thrown into mix, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, unfortunate. I mean, it's, 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 you know, Reese Webb as well, he is our top scrum half, and he's uh, perhaps a bit more because Gaz Davis is a bit more what I call hear him, <laughs> scare him. You know, he's hot and cold didn't all in the our, same uh, Do not know what our colleagues describe him as playing like his pants are on fire? Didn't <laughs> I think that's a really good description. <laughs> hey, guys, David did lots of good things. He did. You know, he, around the fringes, he asked lots of questions. It's just that, you know, perhaps that one passage of play right on their line, maybe he does sometimes take it on a little too much himself, he but, but he's an attacking threat. Yeah. He definitely is. He did throw that bit of a wild pass at Falatel, I think, in his own 22. Yeah. First <laughs> but, you know, Garth, he's great in one sense because he's a super attacker, but then, you you know, you, what's he going to do next in, in different situations? All right, I'm looking at Steph Evans a bit more closely then. I think it's a performance that needs to be looked at with a bit of caution given the kind of player he is and where he's at in his career. Um, did some good things, but there were also some mistakes in there, so I, which yeah. um, proved costly in the end. Uh, he obviously got stripped. I will say he got a knock on his knee um, about a minute before that. Couldn't, the physios run. were sort of on yeah. looking at him. It was a bit, you know, I, like you said <laughs> to me earlier, and you know, he's not holding the ball with his knee, is he? But I think it all adds up. And there was that one uh, skewed clearance that eventually led to a, to a try as well it was a mixed bag wasn't it Yeah, it was a mixed bag if you look at the way he took his try he did excellently he stepped inside the wing took Beal over the line with him it was a good finish what we've been seeing for 18 months with the Scarlets you know yeah. and he is a threat and he's, you know he, he will always look to take people on listen he's growing up in public isn't he and it was a difficult difficult sort of uh, test for him because you could see certainly in that first half Australia were looking to put a few grubbers and chips down into his corner mm. test him out defensively there um, the first try Australia um, scored off the line of drive came after Foley chipped to him and he was forced into touch. I think and we've talked, Andy and I talked about this uh, already and I, I personally don't think there's an awful lot you could have done there. It was, it was a great kick and he was put under pressure. Um, Maybe if he'd had a left foot or confidence just, use was, a left foot, he might just, have been I, able to get a quick punch in, but he was, certainly did, couldn't turn to get no, back onto his right foot. No, there was a, a skewed kick which he kind of screwed off his foot. That obviously was costly just before half-time. And then I think you're right, Matt. You know, ideally he should have come off when he had that bang. He wasn't quite right, and then he took the ball into contact, and obviously got stripped by Beal. You know, so you know, there's, you take a couple of steps forward and a couple of back, and it, but I mean, you know, he's, he, we've seen that he makes things happen, right? And yeah. he's a good finisher. 
he's exciting and yeah you certainly yeah. sort of look look forward yeah. to seeing him when he gains more experience yeah i'd like to see more of him um i take him back uh, i take you back to 2000 shane williams came on for his debut i think his first touch of the ball interception try end of mark france win 36 points to three shane then he was um he was in wellness for a bit but yeah he came back and look how you know shane was one of wales's greatest ever players so uh you know, I certainly wouldn't write off uh, Steph Evans. I think he deserves another opportunity. If he's fit, I would actually play him against Georgia next week. Yeah, I mean, the last <coughs> thing you want to see from a guy of his age and number of caps is now for him to go back into his shell. I think we see the best of him at the Scarlets when he gets the freedom and he's full of confidence. And I think the worst thing that we can do right now is just pile on to him and, and then knock his confidence completely. Like you said, I think he needs to get back on the horse next week. Yeah, keep um, doing what he's doing, what he, you know, yeah. what he does. What really. was interesting for me after the match, Gatman was saying that they've spent a lot of um, focus in the build-up on the attacking approach, the new attacking approach, and perhaps on reflection, there hadn't been enough work done on practicing the kind of basic stuff like the exit strategies. Yeah, yeah but that's been a problem for years, exits. Wales have not been great exit <clears throat> Well, then, then clearly it's something that needs work on, and perhaps because the focus has been so much on the attacking, new attacking uh, game plan. You know, it's not just Wales, is it? It's Welsh rugby. Often you see it with the Welsh regions have the yeah. same issue, don't they? Right. Exiting. Well, I came back in the office and you were accusing me of being slightly negative. Who was accusing you? You. Oh, well, yeah, I missed the positive. <laughs> well, what, 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 <laughs> what was, um, what really got me up was that a lot of the areas were nothing to do with this new new attacking style that they're trying to develop. They were particularly first half. Some of the some of the decisions that were made were mindless at times. You, you talk about Gareth Davis throwing offloads in his own twenty-two, and you talk about the exit strategies not going to plan. They were shooting themselves in the foot. It was that flick by Liam Williams. Liam Williams trying to do those offloads. You know, you wouldn't like. You've got Gatlin saying, and, and I think most people would agree that you don't want to coach this out to players, right? Obviously. But where Wales are still lacking, and they have been since probably the World Cup is my marker, is they don't know when the right time to do these things is. And, and that, that's where my frustration comes from. That's come in. The thing is, the modern game now has changed. It's changed dramatically this season. Because of the new breakdown laws, it's much harder to win breakdowns. The tackler can't go back in once he's made the tackle. It means teams are recycling phase after phase of play. Teams are fanning out in defence as a result. And it's, it's all about patience and ball retention. In the first half, Australia... That's where Australia had. Australia had patience. it. Last, our last try was a perfect example. They, they just, they were, Wales's offence on their line was brave and heroic, but they kept the ball, and you kept feeling they were going to score. Now, in the first half, as Gatlin himself said afterwards, they didn't look after the pill. No. You know, Their ball retention was pretty poor. They were forcing miracle balls just outside their own 22. And in fairness, in the second half, they did address that. They kept the ball, they went through phases, they got the carriers going... And it looked threatening. Yeah. So it's a lesson learned, isn't it? I suppose it's so. a lesson learned. Well, that's where you want to see it develop now next week. Yeah, against. Well, it'll be a totally the only, different team. Though. The only problem is that Gatlin said yeah. he's going to make a lot of changes. Well, yeah, I suppose. So, we'll, but we'll, he and he, he couched that by saying those boys will have an opportunity to put their hands up to play against New Zealand. Yeah. Well, we'll come on to the Georgia thing in a, in a little while. But um, you, you've mentioned Tipperick a few times, and um, obviously himself, uh, Warburton, North Webb, uh, big names missing today. Were they missed? Well, uh, yeah, Webb, Webb's always missed, I think, because I think he's a key man in the world, been a key man in the world set up. He's been a catalyst for very often our attacking, uh, our attacking play. He's such a good rugby player. He's excellent with the Lions as well. And to me, he's out, you know, he's Wales' number one scrum half by uh, some uh, 
distance. I know for exactly, you know, the Australians, I know they write, highly rate Reese Webb and uh, he's highly rated in New Zealand as well. So that shows out his quality as a player. Um, I don't think uh, George North, uh, if he'd had a couple of chances today and a bit of space, would have been interesting what he could have uh, what he could have done with those uh, because perhaps uh, Wales lacked out and out gas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be interesting, North, if he gets away or not, at his best, he takes them all then. Mm-hmm. And this new game plan could actually suit North because he could find a bit of space. Um, the uh, Warburton, uh, I thought he was brilliant money in the Six Nations, played well for the um, for the Lions, and him and uh, Tippish worked uh, so well together. At six and there's a six and seven combination. I think they are two world class players, aren't they? So they always be missed. And Moriarty's probably suited in this type of game as well. If everyone was fit, Wales would actually have quite a, a, a selection dilemma. I tell you the other one you mentioned about North and what he can do in space. The one we ought to mention as well is the impact Harry Amos made when he came on. Yeah. Mm. You know that was an excellent finish for that try. Um, and you do when you if you're talking about the whole campaign as a whole, they're going to look at people with Georgia. And I think really basically Gatlin in his eyes is picking that team for New Zealand. Is using the first two games to mm. get to that point. Yeah. Amos offers I an think o- he knows most of I think Amos offers an awful lot. You know. I, I would play Amos a fullback against Georgia. Would you? Yeah. Based on. Do you think he's a better fullback than a wing? He's not quick enough for a wing. Uh, but he's great well, in both. Good play. finish for a winger today. Yeah, I know it was a great finish. Yeah, he did really well to score it. But um, um, I think it's a fullback. He's a great counter attacker. He's got great feet, picks great um, uh, lines, can beat people, get you over the game. And he's a strong lad as well, isn't so you'd he? You'd have him to fall back ahead if, you, if you're changing the fullback and say. Well, I, I'm picking this on the grounds that they're going to make quite a few changes against Georgia. But I, yeah, I mean, if you were sort of looking at your back three against New Zealand, now, I mean, if, if you if you ended up with a back three, say, of Steph Evans, Hallam Amos, and Liam Williams, we, we could end up. The other option would be to end up with a back three of. Uh, of uh, uh, Hamos at fullback, Liam Williams and Alfredi on the wings. That'd that that would certainly toss the cat amongst the pigeons a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah. I, Are I you saying that I, you think Steph's not quite ready for it yet? Uh, possibly. Yeah, yeah. And I also think I think I always Hamos. I worry about Hamos a bit. He can be, he can be, uh, he can be charged down a bit when he kicks on fullback. But I actually think that he could, might actually be the best counter attack in fullback Wales have got. So the other thing, I don't, know, cool. I don't know if it's on your list there, mm. but one thing that which is I found fascinating was that, was that Wales conceded four tries today, correct? Correct. But, but they hardly missed a tackle. So what went on there then? Well, yeah, looking at this, <laughs> look at these stats are remarkable. They missed two tackles, made 131 out of 133, 98% success rate, completion rate. Tackle. Whereas Aussies. But you could say the, uh, the, the try from the lineup, the drive, Wales didn't make a tackle there, did they? Mm. Adam Coleman's try, no one made a a tattle there. They, they just made, tackled Kuradrani yeah, instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they made a tattle on Hooper's try. I tattled him as he was going over the line. And obviously for Beale's uh, final try, there wasn't a tattle there, was it? It was a rugby league rip. <laughs> rugby league rip. Can you rip in rugby league? So it's, 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 it is interesting because, I mean, there was... A Australia lot, actually missed loads of tattles. Yeah, there was you know, loads... They made, the, there was loads they missed of 20 tattles. Loads to praise in the Welsh defensive performance, but yet they were still unpicked four times. It's an odd one, really. Yeah, looking at these stats, you know, Wales had 13 penalties in Australia's three. Yeah, the, the, the penalty uh, count was bonkers. Yeah, apparently. Wales made 428 metres, uh, Australia's 377. Yeah. <laughs> the game's not played on paper, unfortunately. I know, you know possession, <laughs> Wales 50%. Yeah. Well, that's, this is what, so what we're saying is that the, it just comes down to being clinical. Yeah, it? well, perhaps it shows Australia actually made less metres uh, because they were more clinical and scored off fewer phases, yeah, if you like. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's, that's where I think Wales are and have been for a while, is they, they're still not... 
bring in that cutting edge that will see them get over the line in games like this. That's my opinion. I think you're right because what we, what we talked about last year, didn't we? They scored a lot of their tries off first phase. Yeah. It's when they get into that position, the opposition 22, where they do build the phases. It's just knowing the right decision. What is it? What they'll call it? Heads up scanning, isn't yeah. it? And it, we just time and again over the last two or three years have seen ourselves in that position, and we've ended up in the same way as I felt when Hooper scored his try. Not try. Oh, they're going to score here. Yeah. When Wales are pummeling the line, I kind of felt they're not going to score here. No. Now that's the difference, isn't well, it? That's what I look for when I look for development in the Welsh game nowadays. Because, like you've just said, so many times we've been sat in that press box over there, or been watching them at World Cups or whatever. And you just think, they're in the 22, they've gone through 15 or more phases, who's taking control? Where's where's the cutting edge coming from? How are they going to score a try here? Do they know what to do when they rack up the phases? And until you see them begin to put those chances away, then I'm not willing to say that they're developing. Right. Let me put this question to you then. If Bernard Foley had been calling the shots for Wales today, would Wales have won that game? I mean, look, he's got different tools at his disposal, hasn't he? Got different yeah. weapons, and what, what I will say is that Bernard Foley's world class probably on his. Uh, I was going to say on his day up there with Bowden Barrett, but he's not far behind. Put on a masterclass last year. Bit quieter today, but still pulled the strings quite nicely. I mean, you, just, you just look at that Coleman try. I mean, the, the, the single greatest skill in the match was Will Genia's pass. Mm-hmm. The way that he picked that and just it was you know brutally beautiful to watch in some ways because yeah. it was so simple. In some you know, Kuradrani makes a decoy run, the ball goes through. And he ends up, I think he's between um, Evans, Gareth Davis yeah. and Rob Evans. Yeah. And there's just there's a huge gap there. And it's just brilliant by Genia. And that comes, that comes from Coleman as well. He's, picking, he's picked that line and from about 15 face. yards yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And he's coming on an angle out to in. Yeah. Difficult to fight, difficult and to pick how, up as a How often do you see Welsh players doing that? Well, at any level of Welsh rugby? This is a thing. Yeah, Running onto the ball instead is, of taking it's, it's a classic, isn't it? We picked the bones out of it, and there's lots of positives to come out of it, really. But at the end of the day, it the, comes the back block, to that thing. It's that I, clinical edge. I'll go it? back to finishing. The two blokes who did it, and I think it was against South Africa last year, was Valatel and um, Tipridge. When was it? Uh, uh, was it one of them sent the other end, and they were a little, great little off ah, ball? Right, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, that. in, uh, in well, this field for a try. For a try at this field. Ironically, it's a kind of line that Jamie Roberts runs extremely well. But yeah. we're not going back. He now. did that for Harlequins recently. By the yeah, he loves it. He's done it for against Scotland before. Mm. Anyway, I think to summarise that, there's enough there to be positive moving forward, uh, but there are justifiable gripes in there as well. And the biggest negative of the day is the injury to Jonathan Davis. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll mention that um, when we discuss Georgia about how Wales go about. I mean, we don't want to preempt anything, but... Didn't, didn't look, look great. Good. No, um, his, his ankle just seemed to go underneath him, didn't it? We can only, I mean, it was good, I thought, to see how many of the Australians went over to yeah. him and it showed the respect the guys held in the game. They all went over to you know, wish him well. Yeah. Um, we wish him well, uh, but he looked like the kind of injury that probably is going to make him doubtful for the rest of the campaign. You would have thought so. Um, let's touch on the bench a sec. When you look at um, the two teams on paper before kick-off today, uh, Australia's bench noticeably stronger than the Welsh bench. Um for example, Thomas Francis was asked to play 75 minutes, which is probably not something that he's comfortable with or has ever done very often. Um, is that just something that we have to accept, that Wales are in this phase where they're using the autumn to develop these youngsters, bring them on, and we might have to accept that there's not going to be the yeah. impact that sometimes comes? Interestingly, the day Wales didn't make many substitutions until the Beal try. That prompted the substitutions because they realised the game had gone then. Yeah. So then if you move on. 
I was listening to one of the world's greatest coaches of all time recently, Graham Henry. So Graham Henry, and he said he doesn't know why coaches make so many substitutions in a game. Yeah. He says the two players who should perhaps be substituted or should be top of the list to be substituted are the open side flank and the scrum half because they run by far the most metres. But he says lots of coaches make changes for changes' sake, yeah. and I tend to agree with him. Um, Tom Francis, of course, he's not perhaps play. He's usually on a bench for Exeter, so it's a reverse role for him. Yeah. Um, uh, now you know, but uh, obviously you look down the list, right? You got you know, people like Leo. You know, no disrespect, these guys are up and yeah, covers yeah. and 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 this is what I mean. We're, Wales, yeah. do we have to accept that Wales are in this stage where? They're bringing on youngsters. They won't have the impact that the Welsh bench has yeah. had in the past because they need this experience now. And if we lose a game or we don't win a game because of it, then yeah. is that something we've yes, got to accept? But, yes, but if you had a web available, Warburton available, Tippett available, Moriarty North, all of a sudden your bench would look stronger, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. I thought the bench actually made a little bit of an impact. I thought that... Um, did. Okay, N- Nicky Smith, obviously, I mean, obviously there was this period when Hooper was off the field, but the scrum was strong with him there. Daisy's a good carrier on the fringe. Corey Hill carried a couple of times. Hey, no, what you're looking for really isn't it is for three or four of these fringe players we're talking about during this campaign to yeah. put their hands up I thought Owen Watkins when he came on he made the one good stepping inside run these boys are learning aren't they yeah. you know and the whole point of this is that the idea will be that in 2019 you'll have a squad of 30 players to go to the World Cup all of whom you'll be trusting to start the game well, ideally these boys or some of these boys are going to turn out to be better than the ones who come in the team isn't it you know because that's competition <laughs> that for you nice, isn't it yeah. that is competition that's it, you know, you want it to come through so Wales get better. All right, then let's have a look at Australia a sec um, and let's discuss what we thought about their performance today. You've said, Dan, that you were maybe a bit disappointed with some of their play. Um, maybe Wales deserve credit for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, what I would note is that they've, without making excuses, uh, Michael Checker mentioned after the, after the game, they've done a lot of travelling uh, from yeah. Japan in the last week. Uh, that's said, I didn't think they looked particularly leggy. Um, so no, and they made they, emph- uh, they stressed in the build-up of this game that they won't be blaming the travel well, at all. Their players, well, he, said that would, he might not, but the player said that would be no excuse whatsoever. So it was noticeable to me. Do you remember when Halfpenny had the, had the penalty from halfway, which just went wide to the yeah. posts? After that was given, as he was laying it up, Hooper had his entire pack around him, and he was giving them he a was, real yeah, dressing was, down because yeah. the penalties. Well, I think they had a warning. At they had a warning. I mean, ironically, after giving that dressing, <laughs> down, he then gets them one of the most blatant side entry penalties I've ever seen. So, yeah, they had issues. I mean, they were giving penalties away, and it was interesting. Talking to the Aussie journalists in the week, they were saying the game in Japan that the breakdown was an issue for them there. So, without Hooper, sorry, without Pocock, they last they lack a real jackal over the ball. It does seem to be causing a few issues. But what I did like about the Aussie, particularly in that first half, is when they get 20, 30 metres from the Welsh line, they just up the pace. Yeah. They up the pace they the and they go, well. they up a couple of gears, and that's the difference between well, the two teams. That's what the All Blacks do. When they get into yeah, that. when they get into a, like a kill zone, it's like uh, in uh, they smell football, you know, down. Germany do it in football, don't they? Brazil at their best do it. And it's all of a sudden out the two. They just played each other rugby today. Yeah, <laughs> 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 won that game. Germany. <laughs> Germany, the up and coming rugby yeah. nation, according to the world. Speaking rugby. of up and coming rugby nations, what's next on the agenda? Georgia. Yes. yes and Georgia, um, Georgia today, Georgia 54, <laughs> Canada 22, which is heck of a beating. <laughs> but heck of a beating for Kingsley Jones. Is, yeah, oh, new Jones. Oh, new Jones. Unnecessary. The on the dragon shipping right. as many points, and uh, Canucks are already shipping them. That was huh? cruel. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Hope right, you're listening, Kingsley, by the way. Georgia. Georgia. What, what we said, I mean, Gatland has said changes, so right, let's let's talk about Jonathan Davis a sec then. I think, let's assume uh, perhaps fairly that his order may be over. Uh, who slots in at Well, 13? it's a problem, isn't it? Because the other 13 in the squad we've already lost in Tyler Morgan with another yeah. ankle injury. So, you start to look around 12s who can play 13. Well, Owen Watkins said, he's a, I interviewed him that day and he said he plays both positions. Which is he prefer? Did he say? Did he, did he say? Which he's, he's, a tw- mind. he's a 12. He said he didn't mind either position. He said he don't mind a crash ball and he don't mind a passing game. Oh, and a bit of kicking. I mean, the other option, of nice course. Lad, by the way. The other option is Scott Williams, who th- as recently as. I don't think he should go back to Scott Williams, though, no. They've set on his course. Well, who else, they didn't who else then at 13? Play Owen Watkins. Give him a game. Let's have a look at him. Looked okay today. What about your plan of having Tipperick in the centre? There's no, no. Is Ryan Jones? <laughs> that's not. That's not. Ryan Jones, that. great Welsh captain, said Justin Tipperick can play anyway. Shane Williams also says it as well. So uh, you know, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with those. I, I, I think. I think what might well happen next week because last week Gatton was saying that he'd probably look to play a different ten twelve because that's the thing. Now whether. Because obviously Owen Williams has been had a physical old game today, you might want to give him a break. So I, I can see them going with a midfield or a 9-10-12 of Reese Webb, Priestland at 10, Pratchell at 12 and maybe Owen Watkins at 13. I, I don't see any point either playing Priestland at 10. See how, the, if you look into the future in a World Cup, why play Priestland at 10? Play th- Pratchell at 10 or play or, or play <clears throat> Owen Williams at were, 10? I think you were close, but I think Pratchell will be on the bench and I think... I'm saying I can't give him a go at twelve. I know he can't be. Dan Bigger's got to be on the bench, surely. Yeah, but Bigger's going to be on He's the bench. He's going to get sixty caps. caps. I think it'll be Priest and Patchell. So, see, I, I think Owen Watkins will be twelve and Scott Williams will be thirteen. Well, that's it depends how they view Owen Watkins, doesn't it? Yeah. Which of those two would they consider to be more likely to play thirteen against New Zealand? Because those are the two realistic options, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, in, I, in, I in the past, you'd have gone to George North at 13 in this situation. I mean, yeah. you don't. They might feel now, if Jonathan Davis is, uh, is out, that the, but the always Scott Williams provides that extra experience and they might I think be forced to pick it. I think that's why he will play 13 mm. against the All Blacks. Mm. Personally. Well, if that's the case, then do you want. What I'm saying is, whoever you have in your mind now to play 13 against the All Blacks, do they play, need to play 13 against Georgia? Yeah, they do, yeah. They probably do, yeah. Mm. So, well, and that, do. which probably means Scott Williams. My, my only concern with Owen Watkins at 13 against the All Blacks would then leave you with Owen Williams and Owen Watkins in the midfield against the back-to-back world champions. Mm. I, I know. You've got a pretty tasty midfield, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they're not bad. So, I, you know... You can call, you can criticise people for being safe in this scenario, but I think it's being wise... Not to throw those two in together against what the All Blacks are going to bring. Shame Hadley Parks isn't available so, yet. So, <laughs> so we talk about that you, 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 you don't say this like this. It's never good you, when you, you start. What, do you want them Wales to just go in against the All Blacks with damage limitation? Because that's what it sounds like to me. He didn't say that. Or do you want to build for the World Cup by giving these young, uh, young? I think that's a bit disrespectful. Scott yeah, Williams. Scott Williams is only twenty six. Yeah. He's a brilliant attacker, mind. Scott Williams is a good player, a really good player, and I was I was shocked that he was left out of the squad originally. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is I, I think it's too much to I think you're, you're changing too much at once by could, putting those two in together. I mean, the other option is could you play Owen Williams at 13 if you wanted to go down that road and walk in at 12? I, I, I think Owen's you know put a marker down there. I think it'll end. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you'll end you know up what I would, with I tell you what, I, Scott Williams at 13. I would uh, next week if uh, if they think they're playing uh, Patchell twelve or trying him at twelve, they should try him uh, next week at twelve 
and then um, all uh, all all they think they're playing all the at twelve in uh, against the All Blacks. Give him a go. One of those a go at twelve. Could you conceivably put Reese Patchell as your final back sub on the bench? He covers a lot of positions, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he covers for uh, full back. He can cover wing. So you could you could, you could you could You could end up with really a bench next yeah. Saturday of. Say Gareth Davis, Dan Bigger, and Reese Patrick. I suppose the thing does is, that work? yeah, it does. The thing is, you want. I suppose the decision is, yeah. do you persevere now with with the ten, twelve dual playmaker option? Yes. Do you persevere? If you do, then that's why I was thinking Patrick at twelve. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Accept that. Accept that. Um, what other changes are we looking at for George then? Mass changes, I think. I mean, it sounded good. like he was going to get. And then you'll get an entirely new front row. You can see Nicky Smith, Dacey, and I think will I they give Leon Brown a start? They might do. I think. They, mind you, don't forget George have got a heck of a scrum. That's what I think. So and, uh, and just put fifty points danger. on Canada. Just put fifty points on Canada. Obviously, we don't know. Uh, who scored their tries and all, but if you scored that many points, you would have thought their backs have scored a few tries I think you'll as well. see it. I think Seb Davis will start. Um, he's yeah. gonna, I tell you yeah. what, it's going to be a really tough game against Georgia. This is the problem. You yeah. don't want to be making too many youngsters coming into the side. Yeah. I mean, you could well see someone like Dan Lidget coming in to bring some physical stability. Yeah. What about the date? We, we know the problems. Wales had last year against Japan. Very fortunate to win yeah. that game. It's always this so, This fourth game. Is Wales always, always struggle, don't they? We have against... What do you do uh, at number eight? Fiji, um, if you're not going to play to Fire Town. Uh, what's the options? Well, it's Navidi, isn't it? Do they want him to play? He's played a full game today. It's, uh, the last, the, the absence of Moriarty is starting. You know, you start to notice it more. There's not really another eight option. I get it's Moriarty. I assume he's playing for Glasgow. Didn't, didn't, didn't play. Didn't play this weekend. No, he didn't play this weekend. If he did, I would have thought no. there's a chance he might even call him up next week. Didn't play. But um, I just, you know, Falatelli. Do you give Falatel another game? Why not? He always plays, doesn't he? Addy misses a minute for worse. I think you'll be involved in some capacity. Yeah, I, yeah you could I, you could maybe see them going Falatel, Tipperick and Lydia had a real a strong back row. Yeah, the thing with Tipperick is you risk him next week. I just hold him. Oh, I think you play backs. him. You play him now, don't you? Give him a game. You, got to, you can't. I think you've got to find out where these players are because I don't think you want to be sending them in against the All Blacks having not played for a number of weeks. And the back three is the other one. I mean, you've well, got Rob Evans. He hasn't played since the end of September. He's one of his best players today. What have you got to say about that? <laughs> they were you, playing Australia, another back. I think, you, I think you see Australia Amos. Australia just beat uh, recently beat New Zealand. By the way, come on, <laughs> the context of that. I think in the back three you see Amos starting. Yeah. I think you probably see Cuthbert starting on one wing. Yeah. Um, and it's a question whether they want to give Steph Evans another game. I suppose it depends if he's carrying on carrying a knock. Yeah. Uh, we miss, we I missed, would have like we to see him back in the squad there. Uh, I don't think so. I, I think that's. I think you're not far away with that. We've talked about the midfield, um, and there's lots of different permutations there. I think Preston will start. And it, less, will, with, with like Cuthbert on, again with him, and they. Unless you're seriously considering playing him against New Zealand, what's the point in playing him next week? It's best to give these boys, if they fit like Stefan, on another go. So you might go Steph Evans, Hal Namos, and who else in the back three? Williams. I was going to say, are we talking about those two having the weekend off? I think I think a lot of... The, I don't think, I don't think many of the team that started today will start need, against Georgia. Where's are going to need a goal kicker next week, aren't they? Well, you've got Patchell of New and Priestland. Priestland's not bad. He's been firing all the way fairness with Bath this uh, it was, It's going to be a hard game. It's going to be a tough old game. Yeah, I reckon that's going to be a very tight game. 
And it, it, it's great to see Georgia playing their first uh, game in got, Wales, yeah. yeah. Having got my prediction in today's match, way, Badly way, wrong. way, way <laughs> And we did, we did take it in, take a breath when you said that ridiculous prediction. Well, I don't like oh. I don't, like I said, <laughs> hey. I don't want to I, Everyone's fence. entitled their opinions on this I don't want to No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. Yeah, you've got to go for it, don't you? We'll get into predictions. You weren't the only one predicting the in. We'll get into uh, predictions in a week when, uh, when we come back out again. Um, I think that's it, chaps. Unless there's something you want to add in particular. You wanted to mention about Ireland, yeah, didn't you? I will, Ireland. Yes, yes, yes. I know you've sh- tried, sh- shot me down privately earlier. <laughs> when I said, you know, that I don't want to hear this about Wales. Oh, we're rusty. It's our first game in the autumn. We, we always get better as the campaign go on. Well, we know that. You know, Wales haven't won now. They're opening match of an autumn since... Uh, um, 2002. 2002. They have come close on quite a few occasions. And yet again, they came close today. But I don't think that uh, washes. People say in the pro 14 doesn't be pay, place for international rugby. And I tell you why. Here's why. Ireland 36, <laughs> up and coming South Africa 3. Smashed them. Hammered them out of sight today. Scotland beat a decent Samoa team. Uh, 44-38, I think that was. Bit of a scout like game. game yeah. yeah, exciting game. And then uh, England beat another rugby championship team. Decided to come off the rugby championship. Difficult opponents. Drag you down, etc. Argentina, England work really hard, but beat them 21 uh, 8. So, who says that you can't win the opening game of an international campaign? So, I don't think, you know, Ireland, Ireland's result there, Ireland know better than Wales. Really. Well, yeah, I, aren't they? Oh, Wales beat them last season, 22 8, I think it was. Beat them convincingly in the Six Nations, our last meeting. Yeah. So, if I, Ireland, that which is encouraging for us further along when we play South Africa, Ireland today just swept the board with them. Interesting. Interesting. What have we got to say about that, Simon? Final <laughs> shot? I've got to say about that. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Always is. Always is. All right, we'll wrap it up there then, folks. Um, obviously, now we've got the fallout from this evening's match to come on Wales Online in the following days. And then next week, we kick off and we build up towards Georgia in Cardiff next Saturday. And of course, you can catch all the week's build up on Wales Online.